Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. We'd like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and our series on the life. And this is actually program number 62 in that series. And you can go on to our website, www.justasiamministries, and you can get uh, you can latch on to all of our programs there, uh, including this one. And so this one, like I say, this one's program number 62. And uh, for your reference anyway. Uh, so when you go on the website, the opening page says, listen now. Mm-hmm. You click on, excuse me, you click on that button and there's a whole bunch of different program series to listen to. And, and we're under the life. This one's this the one. life. Yeah. Yeah. But you can also... Um, Go on to the resource page and send us an email from that page and for our resources. And we ship out our workbooks and a prayer journal and everything for free. So if anybody is in need of any resources at all, you can do that online or you can call our number at 916-645-1297. Leave a message. And I try to do it every week to send out packages. Yeah, so and you've been sending a few out, haven't we've you? We've been sending a lot out, and it's just always a blessing to see, because we're on some different radio stations. We're on Sirius XM Family Talk Radio, mm-hmm. and so we're getting calls from all over uh, all over North the, America, all over North America, as well as our station in Weva is also very popular out in um, Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. Maryland area. So it's, yeah. it's always a blessing to see that people... Um, uh, are listening to the message and and request for some um, resources that will hopefully be helpful to them. And of course, we want to give a shout out to KFIA here locally in yes. Sacramento. Yes, uh, we just love the people here. Uh, we've been we're in our twelfth year. Wow. Um, who would have ever thought? And uh, we just want to thank everyone, our listening audience, for the support. We mm-hmm. want to thank you so much um, for. Getting behind us and uh, and understanding that this is a message that is valuable, uh, studying the life of Jesus and looking at addiction through a different lens, because in reality we are all addicted to something. We've all fallen short. Right. You know what? When I when I first got clean and sober, um, the way I described it. Or, or even when I before I started using drugs, the way I always describe my experience is that I had this deep, dark hole inside of me, and I tried to fill it with everything in the world. So I tried to fill it with, you know, being a good daughter. I tried to fill it with being a cheerleader, and and my actions didn't seem to do much. And so I started to to delve into drugs and alcohol, and you know, uh, relationships. And one thing 
led to another and it just got worse and worse and worse. So I don't know that God created us with a dark hole, but I think that God created us with a with a um, something that, and then we're going to talk about it today. It's like, we have to be in relationship with something, right? It's God didn't make us an island unto ourselves where we don't interact with people. God made us to, um, you know, he made a man and woman to have unity. Um, he is three parts. So he's not by himself. He has God, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. And I don't understand all that other than the fact that love doesn't exist in Singularity. It right. exists in plurality. Polarity. Yeah, plurality. What is the word? In, <laughs> in, in <laughs> Easy many. Easy for you to say. In many. And in, in, so in, I, I think that, you know, and that's interesting because many times when you when you go down the path of being an addict, it's a very solo, very singular path where you may have people you know and you use drugs with or you buy drugs from or whatever, but it's a very lonely existence to because your 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 time is filled with trying to fill that vacuum that you have. It's hard to crawl into that bag every day or crawl into that bottle, right? You know that's your that's Comfort your safe zone. spot, exactly. And so I think that regardless of of what path we go down in life, whether it be a path of um, being a successful person and having power over people or having, uh, 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 you know, lots of stuff in a nice house and lots of cars and toys in the garage, or if it's a drug addict or whatever path that is that we use to fill our hearts with, that that spot wasn't made for the things of this world. No, they're short-lived. Right, and, and, and they fade away just like beauty fades, right? Yeah. And so God desires all of us to come to a place where we um, fill that vacuum with him and his love. And then in turn, community with people who also have that or who are in need of that of feeling. That. Especially, uh, you know, be around and seek out those that have that need. Yes, that have that need or that, that are filled with the love of God. And you can... Uh, you know, there's there's a um, there's a unity that can be accomplished throughout all different socioeconomical and and religious differences, but the unity in in that having that character of of not being selfish, of being selfless in your life, in order to to reach the needs of somebody. And sometimes, you know, we've talked about it before. Sometimes the need of another person is, is, is as simple as a smile yeah, or as simple as, um, you know, just, just being kind to one another and doing what we can to show appreciation for those that we walk this planet with. Yeah. Um, you know what? Hmm. We didn't pray. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, hey, you, you're doing good. Okay. You're doing excellent. Oh. Yeah. Well, remind me to pat you on the back when we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Slipping out the edges. Yeah. Yes. Something always leaks out around the edges around yes. here. Well, let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, once again, we're grateful to be a part of the tapestry of what you call life, this this world of opportunity and... and um, the opportunity that you give to us to be gracious to those we come in contact. Lord, we pray that you will um, continue to open our hearts and our minds and broaden our sense of understanding of what graciousness and love tr- love for one another truly is and empower each one of us participating in this program to uh, multiply those wonderful gifts. And uh, we're 
thankful for all that you do um, with us and through us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You said something earlier about mm-hmm. unity. Mm-hmm. And I just flashed on something. that Unity is not uniformity. Right. That's two different things. Correct. Unity, unity has to do with loving one another and having an open mind and allowing people to be who they are and uh, accepting them as they am, as they are. Uniformity is different, and we 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 seem to to gravitate and want uniformity because if our own opinion is our idol and everybody else is uniformly in line with we with what we think is right. That is uniformity. That is not unity. Mm-hmm. It's two different things. And I just was thinking about that. Unity means that you, you you're united in the in the in a concept of of loving one another and not being selfish. I think that's the overall unity. It's interesting. We today we attended a um, a funeral service for a young man that had passed away suddenly. And um, I think that we have the privilege of, of having grown up in a small town and have knowing, hadn't have known, you know, hundreds of people over year. I'm sorry, I know I'm getting away from oh, the lesson. Oh, that's fine. Knowing hundreds of people over, you know, the majority of our life, we've known the same people and hundreds of thousands of people. And so we have these experiences. And, and I think that the the most important thing that I can do when I go to places like that, when I'm around people that I've, even if I don't know them, is to tell them and to assure them that God's desire is that all of us to have the very best life that we can possibly have. And I think sometimes that's the simplest message that we can communicate to another human being is that God desires the very best. And that means peace with God. Absolutely. We're not going to have peace with the devil. Don't get us wrong. Life is going to have its trials. It's going to be hard. And we may not get on this earth what we think we need to survive, but God does provide us what is essential and sometimes those things that we think we need are not the right things for us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's totally understandable. So you know, it was um, we, like Susan said, we we are from a small town, and so there's so many roots there, um, so many people that we do know from the small town. Uh, you almost, I think, the high school had. 600 people and i think i had 150 in my class you know and you know everybody right and uh, and this goes out through the rest of your life through mm-hmm. years and years and years and the roots that you have and um and so it's it's sad to go to a funeral but it's also uh a good thing to be able to be there to 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 see the old friends and comfort mm-hmm. one another and and how far you go back and and we we get to be encouraged knowing that this is just you know this is the land that we're passing through right there's right. so much more uh, waiting for us that God has prepared for us that um no 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 mind can imagine the goodness that God has prepared for us beyond this life so yeah yeah so so in the last program we talked about Jesus cursing the fig tree and and what it really meant and we just kind of want to we want to touch on that a little bit more uh, because actually that metaphor, as we talked about it before, it had the, the fig tree had the beautiful leaves, and and for a lack of a better term, uh, when you ap- apply it to humanity, uh, the fig tree with the beautiful leaves but with no fruit was basically being pretentious. If mm-hmm. you want to, if you want to apply an adjective to it, uh, it, it, it was 
so it was like he was applying that metaphor to the Jewish nation of the time, which flaunted its beauty but had no fruit. And, of course, the fruit being uh, the law of love. It didn't operate by the law of love. It operated by, you know, pomp and show and all that kind of stuff. But the, 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 the religious leaders of the day never entered into the sufferings of humanity. They stayed far apart and separate mm-hmm. from that. Right. And, and um, no one can live the law of God, the law of love, without ministering to others. It's impossible. Right. But there are many of us who don't live out life unselfishly, you know, like Jesus did. We plan and we study to please ourselves and we act only in reference to self. And I noticed that about myself. You know, we were talking about it the other day. (laughs) Look at it. When I look around, I'm in the center. (laughs) You know, everything else revolves around me. And, you know, and I noticed that about my life. That's the view I got. Right. You know, I and I had to to admit (laughs) to my wife, I'm not, when I wake up, I'm not worried about you. Right. I'm worried about me. What's going to happen to me today? Right. You know, and and I know it's (laughs) twisted, but... And so we, we have it, it, that. You know what? And so let's stop because it's it, it you may think it's twisted. It may be a little bit twisted. Well, we're born but it's with really, that nature. At, we're at, absolutely we're born with that nature. And I think the blessing is is that we've come to it. We can get to a place in our life where God says, with a little sweet tap on the shoulder, you know, that's probably not the best way yeah, to look yeah. at life. Rich, right? knock it off, Rich. Right. You know, you, you know, yeah. And just say, hey, you know, and so I think sometimes if you are dealing with somebody like that in your life, you can, you know, if the if the recognition is there, that's like praise the Lord because that's the first step but to recovery. But you gotta, you still gotta, <laughs> you still gotta go through the rest of yeah, the steps. Yeah, yeah, it's a walk, right? Yes. It's a walk with Christ. Right. It's not a run. It's not an arrival. No, right? And it's, it's not a not a watch a video and get fixed. Right. It's a walk with Jesus, right? right? It's, it's yes. And so, what does he look like when? quote unquote because he wrote into Jerusalem I think you're going to talk about it here what does he look like and what is the symbolism right so um, you know and that's the thing do we really want Jesus in our hearts we've talked a lot in previous programs about what it means to have Jesus enter um, one's life you know prior to Jesus cursing the fig tree had ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey now we must apply this metaphor to our lives today is this what we want or are we going to be like the rulers of Christ? Are we willing to be those humble servants right. like Jesus was? Right, yeah. It's okay for my king to ride in on the donkey. Right. You know? Um, and and not have his military captives as trophies. Subjects. On dis- yeah, as trophies in handcuffs and chains right. as he parades into the town saying look what i captured right and and i think a lot of times we want to have jesus come into our our lives and our circumstances and get revenge for us yeah get you know at our direction and at our command you know right or or the old saying well well God will, God will take care of them. Right. You I don't know. have to get I don't I, have to get revenge because God's going to do God, it for me. God'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God'll do it. And, and God is saying, "Oh no, that's not that's not the the um that's not the path to walk down because those types of of thoughts and actions that I know from experience, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die from poison." Yeah. Right? Revenge and resentment and anger, all that does is damage the human heart and God knows that and desires nothing more than to help us to be released from that type of a heart so he actually wants us to participate in that 
that quote-unquote revenge because the Bible does say, vengeance is mine, I will repay, say the Lord. And, other, and then following that text, it says... Be kind to one another, pray for one another, pray for your enemy. It'll be like heaping coals of fire on their head. In other words... So instead of taking everything into context... We just... Right. We just want that one-liner. We want that one-liner and pull it out. But that, no, the God, God is always trying to win people. God is always trying always, to restore. He's always trying to store, restore, always trying to win. And and we can participate in that, but not by violence and not by um, anger, uh, anger and resentment. And resentments and right. all those things that we know poison the brain. That's why I'm, st- uh, I'm always a big advocate of the 12-step program because it teaches us to see what our part and our place is and only our part and our place and how to to rid ourselves of the hate and the nastiness and the resentments and the and uh, the excuse making and the finger pointing and all of that stuff, and then you become healthy, and then you have peace with God, and you and in a byproduct of peace with God is peace with your fellow men. Right, and then you can, um, when you're restored to that sense of sanity, you can go out and you can share that message with other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And so it's a action of pro. It's a program of action, and I think that God desires us to participate in in our program of life to be able to be restored into um, to be a new creature in Christ. Yeah. 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 And so this type of God. Um, the metaphor, Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, um, there will be people that want to stop that message. You know, even when, when, when the reports had reached the rulers in Jerusalem that Jesus was approaching uh, with a very large group of people, the rulers, they didn't want to welcome him. In fear, they went out to meet him, hoping to disperse the crowd. And a lot of times we will do that religiously. We will drive people away from Jesus and as the uh, so as this procession approached it's it was intercepted by the rulers right and they asked about why all this rejoicing was going on as they questioned who is this the disciples filled with the spirit of inspiration answered this question in eloquent strains they repeated the prophecies concerning Christ and you now think of the character once again as we go through these Bible texts, Adam's going to tell you that it's the seed of the woman that shall bruise the serpent's head. Abraham will tell you Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of peace. Jacob will tell you he's the Shiloh of the tribe of Judah. Right. Isaiah will tell you he is Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. That's in Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9. Jeremiah will tell you that he is the branch of David, the Lord of our righteousness. Daniel will tell you he is the Messiah. Hosea will tell you he is the Lord God of hosts, the Lord of his his memorial. John the Baptist will tell you he is the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So you can imagine, because the Bible they had at that time when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem, when they wanted to quote, the Bible. This is what they quoted, and they quoted all these uh, prophets of old, and you see the theme. The Prince of Peace, the King of Peace, the Shiloh, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, as as John described it uh, as well. And 
you see this common thread coming through that they're actually loving this humble king with no prisoners behind right, him. With the characteristics we, of, of of a God of love. And who does he have with him? All the people he healed. Right. And they're, you know, the blind that, that couldn't see and now the they lepers. see the lepers and all right. these people. Can you imagine right. this humble guy riding in on a donkey, the the maimed and all these, the, the paralytics and, and Lazarus. Probably the hookers, lady, yeah. the hookers, the drunks, the... Um, cutters, all the, the everybody pe- that people was that broken. It, yeah, the people that that the religious leaders hated right. and called them sinners and called them outcasts, and you know the Samaritan. All the, just, yeah. You can just imagine this procession. He did not ride in like an earthly king, right? And so the disciples. This is how what some of them said: the great Jehovah has proclaimed from his throne, "This is my beloved son." That was Matthew. We, his disciples, declare that this is Jesus, the Messiah, the Prince of Life, the Prince of Peace, and the Redeemer of this world. And the Prince of Powers of Darkness acknowledged him, saying, I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And that was in Mark. Yeah, and so you you see over and over this this beautiful This dichotomy pic- of, of the two pictures of God, right? Yeah, yeah, the pretentious... Um, the pretentious uh, Pharisees, if you will, at, and, and as Jesus had cursed the fig trees, says, you know, you got all these lives, with, these leaves, but you have no fruit. And you have, right. And then he comes in mm-hmm. as a humble, lowly king with the fruit. Of restoration. In, of restoration in, mm-hmm. his, in his train, in right. his parade. Right. And, and so, of course, naturally, the... the uh, Pharisees went out and 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 they try to stop this. Right. So isn't it interesting? It's kind of like even though it was a real event, it's kind of a metaphor it of what a- of what you know we look we we can look forward to in the future that we as broken people, whether regardless of what our brokenness, how it represents, it can be one of the healed in mind and and character, and that we too can belong to that great you know, throng that great uh, group of people that have been rescued from this broken planet. Yeah, I get the, I kind of get the, you know, on Resurrection Day, as the saints are resurrected and, and, and they get their bodies and they, they're going into heaven, it, it's almost, a, 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 that was almost a snapshot of it. Right. Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the donkey with all these stumbling, fumbling humans right. that acknowledge they need him so much. Right. That, that went through the battle, that right? That went through the battle, and, and here they are limping and, and, you know, this, and they're they're going into Jerusalem. And I can imagine what the, the rejoicing is. There, there's not going to be any religious leaders that are going to run out and try to stop it this time. Right. As they, go into, as they go into the new Jerusalem up in heaven, and Jesus, of course, leading the way. Right. And the fallen human beings now resurrected and the, the rejoicing and the and the and the humbleness of it all. Right. And the love that right. is, you know, you made the glory it, of the it all. Glory right? of it all. And, yeah. and it just this in capital it's just a beautiful metaphor of the of the, the last It's um, interesting because I think sometimes people go on vacations to see whatever and to be, you know, to see things, but I can't even begin to imagine the glory of the risen savior with his 
band of you know people that have been restored. <laughs> Merry band of misfits. Exactly. But the thing is, is that once that restoration takes place, I think we continue to learn in eternity. But what a beautiful sight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And our and our purpose in life is to is to draw people to that message. It's yeah. not to whip people from behind or to push them, but to draw them with draw the them love to it. with the love and kindness that that God has used for us. Yeah. And they were all waving the palm branches, which symbolize victory right and it's and it's not victory as a military conquest it's victory over sin right and victory over and healing and 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 all that stuff that jesus brings with him it's a different kind of victory folks we've got to wrap it up again that was another quick program very fast we talk a lot don't we yes uh please drop us a line 916-645-1297 uh susan will ship out recovery books if you'd like and remember folks there's only two ways to live your life one is like nothing is a miracle the other is like everything is a miracle and you have the freedom to choose do i love my neighbor Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.